0: Hey, Tom, Vincent Knoxville, how are you?
1: I'm good, man. How are you doing today?
0: Doing great. You know, I got to be honest with you. Week one, you had Boise State, Florida State. Yeah. When I first heard that Hurricane Dorian was going to impact that game in Jacksonville, you're who I thought of because because I knew you were on the crew and you're on the call of that game and severe weather in some form or fashion seems to find you all the time. It's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, and then the game gets moved out of a great prime time slot to noon on ESPN News for a hurricane that decided not to show up. Right. So, uh, (laughs) But I'll tell you what, nonetheless, what a football game, what a performance by Boise State, and what a monumental collapse by Florida State. Wow.
0: Wow, unbelievable. Well, we're excited that you're going to be in Knoxville. So there's so many issues with this Tennessee football team and areas of concern, as you know, with Tennessee losing to Georgia State last Saturday. We'll get into maybe a few of the specifics, but Mm -hmm. in general overall, how do you wrap your mind around such a historic (laughs) loss, one of the worst in program history for Tennessee?
1: You know, it's tough to do it. You know, watching that on film was very similar to watching what I saw albeit against a much better football team in Boise State, uh, with Florida State in the second half last week, where you just have inexplicable um, errors, um, a lack of execution, monumental mistakes, in, including penalties and turnovers. And and you got to give Georgia State a lot of credit because they had a good plan. They made some nice adjustments. The quarterback played out of his mind. I think one of the things that I was concerned about in, in, in watching the game and, and, and seeing it unfold is the, there, were, there were moments in the game where I don't know if I would necessarily question effort, but I would question whether the players were really aware of what was happening to them in the sense that Georgia State seemed to surprise them. Um, defensively Tennessee would struggle to get lined up or get lined up correctly didn't seem to have a great feel for what Georgia State was trying to do and how to attack them Um, it was very it was a very hard watch because you're sitting there searching for answers I'm sure Jeremy Pruitt and his staff were as well and then it starts snowballing on you and it's gaining momentum and once that happens you can't reverse the course so It was a very strange game in my mind, and the longer you let a team like that hang around and you provide them with opportunities to make a play, you're going to have some trouble because that team not only had the opportunities but took advantage of them when they were presented.
0: And, Tom, you mentioned the misalignments. Jeremy Pruitt mentioned going into the game that they would keep it simple. He confirmed that they kept it simple after the game. At least that's what he told us. He still had so many misalignments, busted assignments. And then also you probably saw the two right defensive ends with nobody in the rest of the line, that screenshot yeah. that was out there. I know you have some young players, but how do those things happen?
1: That type of stuff, I think it's just beyond game one mistakes and game one slip-ups. You know, we saw... In week zero, going back to Miami and Florida, then leading up to week one, what what have we seen nationwide? We've seen poor tackling. We've seen penalties. We've seen false starts. And we've seen timeouts coming in opportune time. But when you can't line up, you can't play. And Jeremy Pruitt knows that as well as anybody. It's the, 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 the first rule of great defense is actually lining up correctly so that you can play the snap. You can keep it simple. You can keep it based. You can try to do things to minimize assignment errors if you do have young players. And Tennessee does have some young players in some spots uh, where they, they've got to see a lot of what's going on and it's happening really, really fast. So you want to limit those types of things. But the misalignment and the, the inability to get lined up. And then I thought, too, and again, this wasn't exclusive to Tennessee. This was this was nationwide. But uh, just the inability to tackle Proper fits and angles in pursuit was something that I think that the coaches have probably worked really hard to get back to some fundamental basics on that stuff this week.
0: We're joined by Tom Luganbill, ESPN College Football Analyst. who will be working the sidelines on ESPN's call Saturday night at Neyland Stadium. Two teams trying to avoid going 0-2 BYU at Tennessee. And you may have heard these already. I want to read you a few quotes from the postgame, Tom, because some of these things have raised even more questions. It's Jeremy Pruitt said, they outcoached us. It starts with that. Let's start there. We need more competition on our team. makes you better. And there are certain positions we have none. We have zero. We've got to recruit and get some guys back that give us an opportunity there. Jarrett Garantano said, quote, they, Georgia State, did everything that we didn't see on tape possibly. We weren't expecting the things that they were showing. Nigel Warrior said they wanted it a little bit more than we did. I got one word. I can just say, flabbergasted and then daryl taylor said quote it's a wake-up call we got to play better we got to be better eye-opener makes us realize that no one is just going to come out and give us the game i don't think we played hard enough on defense and i don't think we knew enough to withstand the game i don't think we studied enough film when you hear all that what's your reaction to it
1: well it's alarming Um, it it really truly is. And and I go back to the first quote from Jeremy Pooke, because we're going to meet with their staff on Friday morning, and I want to talk to him about that specifically, because what he's alluding to there is the current talent crop and the current base. When he talks about we need competition, what happens is, is if you don't have enough good players at every position to where the first guy is being pushed by the second guy because the second guy can take your job then you don't have an environment of competition. And that's what he's alluding to is, is their co- complacency and, you know, cruise control can set in with somebody who's in a starting role because they know they're not threatened by the guy behind them. And the only way you fix that is is through recruiting. And then while you're having to work through the recruiting side because you can't just magically put guys on your roster, what you then have to do as a coaching staff, in my opinion, is you have to start sitting some guys, or you got to start giving some other guys some opportunities, and say, hey, listen, we're going to play the people here that do what we ask them to do, do what they are coached to do, and do it with fanatical effort. And if that means that that guy is currently at number three at the at, at defensive tackle, then we're going to give that guy an opportunity to move forward and that's the only thing that you can do to try and create an environment of competition but what he's referencing right there is talent in terms of the current roster now i think it is pretty alarming vince when when players are coming out and they're saying that we weren't prepared enough we didn't study enough film well was that because you weren't paying attention in meetings is that because you weren't coming in on your own and getting some extra work because i'm fairly certain and i don't want to blame the players here but i'm fairly certain there's never been a coach's staff uh, that I've ever walked into from a coach's office standpoint where there weren't meetings set and there wasn't film being studied and there wasn't preparation for the, for the opponent. I go back to Jaren Guarantano's Guantano, uh, comment. Okay, they did some things that you weren't prepared for. Well, when they are rushing three and you're protecting with five and you have three rushers, that's not rocket science. That, that, that's not something you've never seen before. That's a lack of execution and an assignment error. So when you have those types of things, forget what the defense is doing. You've got to be able to t- take care of your own house so that you're, you're prepared to at least execute the routine moments.
0: Said a lot of interesting things. They were visiting with Tom Luganbill, ESPN sideline reporter, who will work BYU at Tennessee on Saturday. Jeremy Pruitt had mentioned to your original point the dilemma in who to play and made this comparison earlier in camp saying, hey, we have this guy over here that has been in the program for a number of years. He knows what to do, but he doesn't make a lot of plays. And then you can mm-hmm. be this guy over here, that is newer to the program doesn't always know his assignments but then can make some plays yeah that's some kind of dilemma isn't it
1: oh it is it it it's such a tough it's such a tough position to be in because your inclination is to play the better athlete and play the better player but at the end of the day if you can't trust him to execute then you're going backwards so it is i mean you're you're sitting there trying to to ch- choose between um, I'll give you a prime example. All right. Wanya Morris and Darnell, Wright. Both of them are going to be really good players. That's why both of them played in the opener and probably will continue to play more and more and more. But right now, guess what? They're true freshmen. They're going to probably make more assignment and more technical errors than say a red shirt junior, like Marcus Tatum or a red shirt junior, like Ryan Johnson, whoever it may be. Um, But those are the challenges when you have a roster that you inherited that you've been through one season with, and you're trying to change your culture, execute your blueprint while you're bringing in new players that you've evaluated you think upgrade your roster and you want to get them on the field, but they also have to prove to you that they can execute and perform. And uh, right now in that opener with some of the freshmen, whether it was Henry, um, On defense at the linebacker spot, who showed some flashes. uh, Whether it was the two-up freshman offensive linemen, as I talked about, uh, Eric Gray, who we think is going to be an exciting skill player on offense, you've got to trust that those guys are going to perform and do what you ask them to do.
0: Tom, you mentioned the offensive linemen. They played 10 offensive linemen last week, and they were substituting sometimes play-to-play, not series-to-series. Everybody always talks about continuity on the offensive line. I thought they kind of treated the game a little bit like a scrimmage, to be honest with you, because they were moving so many guys in and out. And So what do you think of that approach of playing so many linemen? And then some of them, like Wany Morris, switching from tackle to guard, which should probably only complicate things, right?
1: Right. And, and well, listen, if you're going to do that, obviously you feel like Wany is ahead of the curve a little bit if you feel confident that he can play in two positions, especially if it's on the same side. Um, but you're right. It was a revolving door. It was almost as if they were trying to find – the right mix of five by seeing if they could go a series or two and have a certain group in there that all of a sudden you start to see kind of coming together and you're kind of hoping that it's like a a running back by committee and then a guy gets the hot hand and you just kind of start to ride him it almost felt like that but it's hard to do that with five different people and two or three of them might be rotating you know every couple of plays or every three or four plays and guys are switching positions so What exactly they were attempting to do, I'm not quite sure. I do feel like they needed to get their freshmen on the field and get them playing. A little bit of that, and again, I'm I'm not—I don't want to, you know, make false statements here, but a little bit of that, uh, because it's human nature, may have been. Hey, listen, this is a two-and-ten team out of the group of five, and this is a game. To your point, where maybe we can really play a lot of guys, play them in a variety of roles and, you know, see who sticks. And, boy, were they sorely mistaken.
0: Even with the offensive line issues, there was an expectation that Jared Garantano, with Jim Chaney as his OC, Chris Winkie as his QB coach, T. Martin, the passing game coordinator, that he would have an improved year. What, what have you seen from Garantano?
1: Well, I see a guy that just continues to make errors in the red zone. That, that's the problem is is the red zone production and it's been it's been an issue with with Jarrett really since he's become the starter is the the inconsistency and turnover issues in that area of the field i to me when he's really good he's really good and when he's off he can be very pedestrian and i think that's something that Chris Wankie and the offensive staff and Jim Chaney are trying to level out they want they want consistent sustained production doesn't mean you got to make every play on the field but make sure you make the routine plays on a consistent basis and then avoid the the plays that could become catastrophic by by becoming more risk averse especially in areas of the field where you have to come away with points
0: last couple things with you time really appreciate your time seven of their eight losses under Pruitt Tennessee has given up 38 points or more The one exception was a 27-24 loss to South Carolina last year. They averaged 42 points per game, and Pruitt's eight losses. With that being his area of expertise, new D.C. and Derek Ansley, what do you see in that defense that's holding him back even beyond some of the missed alignments that we, we talked about earlier?
1: Well, they can't stop the run. If you want to go back to last year, you know, four of the five wins that Tennessee had, their defense allowed less than four yards per attempt, all right? And in the games where they didn't, they lost the game. So it's really it's that simple. Right now, they don't have the type of personnel that is is, is capable or, or showing that they are capable of consistently stopping the run. And this is a line of scrimmage league. And Jeremy Pruitt, Derek Ansley, they all know it. Uh, the reality is, is how to you get your players to play and execute better because if you can't stop the run, Um, your chances of of being a successful football team, regardless of what you do on offense, uh, become quite slim.
0: What stands out about BYU?
1: Really exciting quarterback that is also very prone to mistakes. Um, He, too, has had issues with protecting the football and looking really, really good, and then all of a sudden making a head-scratching play where he doesn't even look like the same guy. I think this game could come down to which quarterback makes the most plays and minimizes errors. They are really uh, salty in their defensive front. They're an experienced group, and they're an experienced big group in their offensive line. I think Tyson Williams, South Carolina transfer, was a big upgrade to them in their run game. So, they listen, they played in the game last week versus a very good Utah team, and they really lost the game in the first half. When you watch the film, you know, the game was 6-3 to three Utah and then 9-3, but there were missed opportunities and blown red zone opportunities for BYU to score and be up at halftime. And then when they got into the second half, that was when Utah kind of began to war- wear them down. But really, they lost the game in the first half. So I expect a very competitive matchup, and the quarterbacks are going to have to protect the football.
0: Speaking of Salty, I love the chemistry that you, Dave Pash, Greg McElroy have in giving each other all the grief that you do. How fun is that? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know what? We've got a unique setup. You know, I was the original guinea pig for what we call a field analyst. So seven years ago, we turned this into a full-time gig. So I'm on the field. I have, a, I have an open mic for the entire game. So if you were watching and you didn't know where I was at, You'd probably think I was in the booth standing right next to Dave and Greg, but really I'm roaming the field and, and we, do. we 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 don't we wanna get into the X's and O's, we wanna break down the how and the why of what's happening, but we've got a great chemistry, we are truly really, really close friends, we all have a ball busting mentality and uh, and we like we like to have some fun on air. We like to, to bust jobs. How's the thumb? The thumb is 100% repaired, just not 100% uh, range of motion yet. So Uh. it operates, it works, but I will say this, Vince. Anybody who's had a thumb injury, you do not realize what you cannot do without your thumb. Mm -hmm. Things as simple as putting toothpaste on a toothbrush, uh, uh, putting on your pants, uh, putting on a belt, tying your shoes. No wonder human evolution included a thumb.
0: (laughs) and and for our listeners how did you hurt it
1: uh it it was actually a nasty injury i was snow skiing and the edge of a snow screen a a ski and a collision on the mountain ran over my thumb cut it down to the bone and severed the tendon that connects you and allows you to move your thumb up and down so imagine it being like an achilles tendon same thing, so it rolled down into my forearm, and they had to come grab it, reattach it to my thumb, and then put me in a thumbs-up cast for 10 weeks. Wow.
0: Man. Well, glad you're on the road to recovery. Hopefully get that motion back. Hey, Tom, I'll be good to go. Tom, you're the best. Appreciate it. Have fun on Saturday. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll run into you at the BYU-Tennessee game, which you can see on ESPN. Appreciate you, Tom.
1: You bet, buddy. Thank you.